Hi, my name is Christopher Rondo. I'm the owner of Skull Entertainment, and I'm the game master for this game. It's a bit of a producer note. We were supposed to add this on to the last bit of our previous episode, and that did not happen. So we're releasing this now. We will have our season one finale next week, and we will continue on to season two right away. So I apologize for the confusion. There isn't a normal introduction that we would normally have, but hopefully you enjoy this mini episode. It is magic hour. It is that time of day where the sun is still out, but it doesn't cast a shadow on anyone or anything. The shadow's chimera begins to fly out with everyone moving around, preparing themselves for the evening to come. Captain Serenity stands on the side of the boat, holding this long, single-fanged axe in her right hand, twirling it around doing a little bit of stretching and exercises with it. Shilong walks up next to her, this small cobalt, this first mate that has been around since the crew's founding. He shakes his head. You're not going to use that. We, we all know. Just do it now. Do it now and get it over with. Captain Serenity shakes her head. You're, you're right, you're right, you're right. And places the axe on her back. Turns around. Crew, I think we're ready. Get into positions, and when you see the signal, you're ready to move out. You got it? Don't go early. Don't be the hero. Wait for the signal. Aye, Captain. Do simply not. It is as you say. As you jump off of the ship, Captain Serenity turns around and sees who is left. Serenity, Shilong, and Cyan. All three of them have a grim look on their face as they prepare to move out. And the sun begins to set. And we see this backdrop of the moon shining down on this wooden fortress that is holding these mercenaries, these soldiers, these bandits, whatever they may be. And Captain Serenity prepares she stands on the edge of the railing looking to her left and to her right takes a deep breath and jumps falling hundreds and hundreds of feet as she hits that tree line she shifts into her draconic form her body begins to extend out seeing these fierce claws we begin to see these almost elk-like horns beginning to form we see her teeth beginning to grow, these 
fish-like scales beginning to develop on her side as she turns into the golden sovereign dragon that she is. And as she approaches the front gate, she roars. But this roar doesn't make any sound. Just the simple movement of air from her breath causes the guards at the front of the gate to begin to hold their heads, shaking them wildly as their brains begin to melt. And she lands in front of the gates on her hind feet, standing 20, 30 feet tall. You have your signal as the whole compound begins to run in alarm. We are going into a skills challenge at this point. This is a mechanic that has been used in previous editions of D&D, and we're going to kind of adapt it into Pathfinder itself. And your goal here is to try to infiltrate the base. In fact, your objective in reality is to find the hostages. You don't have a great idea of what is there, but you have to somehow jump over the wall, determine where the hostages are, get there, get rid of any guards that may be guarding them before they start using them in a hostage situation that may be too dangerous. So, at the moment, what we are going to do is we're going to roll a stealth initiative. And as you guys roll that, I'm going to give you some instructions. You are going to... Use your skills to be able to accomplish your goal. You can use any skills that are available to you for infiltration. You can even use skills that are a little off-brand if you can find a creative way to do so. For example, you can use your Arcana check to create a distraction if you're trying to do something magical. Or you can use your Religion check to try to use Divine Magic to create some weird lighting situations. You don't have to necessarily use Deception or Stealth to accomplish such things but you cannot use the same skills twice and you cannot use the same skill as the person right before you so keep that in mind keep being creative and it gives you the opportunity to set up the narrative as you choose your goal in the skills challenge is to get eight successes however you only have four failures before you potentially fail the skills challenge and make things much harder for yourself and your crewmates Luckily, you do have some help with you. Hellion is here. Hellion is a crafter and an inventor. And what she can do is that she can get you out of a bind. Once per this skills challenge encounter, she will allow you to reroll. So if you decide that you fail and you need her reroll, she can pull out a potion or a tech thing or something like that. Uh, add to your narrative and give you a second chance. I also want to remind the party that they have hero points that do act as rerolls as well, which potentially makes this uh, skills challenge negligible in a, in a way, but it'll burn some resources regardless. Second thing is that I reward good ideas and bad ideas. I have a set DC in my mind. If it's a good idea, I'll lower that DC by two. If it's a bad idea, I'll raise that DC by two. So there's still a potential for success, but it'll be harder. So it would be good if you want to use like Arcana for something that really should be an athletic skill, but you're trying to use Arcana to justify it. I can just raise the DC and you may have plus 10 on that Arcana roll, which is still better than, you know, your plus zero on athletics uh, in certain cases. That track? Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Roger. 
Anyone roll above a 25? 21 to 25. 24. 16 to 20. 18. And you. I'm a 15. Yeah, it's not bad. Roll. Well, okay. Yeah, not initiative, bad. initiative in this case doesn't really help you very much. It's just, yeah. just Germans in order. And it kind of makes sense. Jasper is leading this team. Jasper, you're set to act. So the group whose mission is a clandestine infiltration is hugging the outskirts of this fortification. And Jasper's digging into a, an old life. And he's going to apply his lore warfare to look for a suitable avenue to approach so we can make our ascent over the wall. So that's a nat 11. So we're going with a 16. 16 makes it. Then he sees a, okay, here's the obvious approach. We can go through this copse of trees, bounce off this hill, and we're right at the wall. Build, you're locked out of warfare lore. Understand. I see it now, yes, but let me get my climbing gear ready. Bill just going to go to the spot Jesper has led them to and begin to set up the climbing gear. Now, he, he does so with a lot of experience. Bill is a combat climber. He has done this sort of thing before. I am going to use what would be athletics. Technically, yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to be a hero and try that again. Okay. <laughs> 17. That does it. You're at two successes. All right. Excellent. Describe what happens. It's a lot like one of the, the movie scenes where the special forces guy is breaking down and cleaning the weapons. Bilge is also like that with the gear in his pack. He's had to do infiltration missions before. This time it's a little bit different, the motive. We're saving hostages. But he doesn't skip a beat. It's fluid. It's like sharpening blades for him he sets it up just like without help he's so fast shoo you're locked out of athletic sorry bud so just to just to get where we are where we currently brad's kind of told us this is where we're going bilge has set up the climbing gear but we're not over the wall yet you can be wherever you want to be okay if you have a skill to be on this side of the wall go for it. if you need to climb over I don't care. So Shu takes the rope that Bill just set up and starts climbing up the wall. They're going to be especially careful as they approach, slowly making their ascent and checking kind of left and right, looking for for danger. It's a perception roll. Okay. It's a 15. Oh, that is a failure. Mm, I might... Try to be a hero as well. I you think also, it's hero time. You also have Hellion. Hellion can give you a spyglass or something. We'll 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 hold the the Hellion roll. I think for now. Okay. Is it we we all share one reroll, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'll, I'll we'll hold the Hellion one. And we'll just I don't have the best roll for perception. We'll see. That's much better. Fourteen plus four eighteen. All right. What do you see? As Shu slowly pitches over the side, looking left, looking right, they see that in the courtyards, a lot of the brigands have kind of assembled to start defending the fortress. And it looks like the coast is clear forward. 
Looks like the distraction's working. We move away briefly from the infiltration team to see something going on the other side. Rowan, Shen, Shackles, and Peachy are using a slightly different approach. They're not trying to climb over the wall itself. They're actually trying to find a place in the wall that is weak and to either destroy it or move it slightly. And they begin to infiltrate through it and they can see the main keep that is being built as well as a tent with a captain's quarters. Shackles moves in, pulls out a scroll. They cast a spell as the bony creature turns invisible. Shen begins to move towards the keep itself with Rowan looking left and right looking for guards. On the Shadow's Chimera, Xiaolong looks towards Cyan. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you know the things you know, but I'm glad you're here. We'll be waiting for you down at the bottom. Xiaolong turns towards the edge of the railing and he holds his hands out, uh, raising them high, almost in a V pose, as something expands out of his body. And we see these vines begin to leave his robes, his mouth, his eyes, his ears, and fully move out as he manifests his Eidolon. As this viney plant creature appears off the side of the ship. This creature begins to quickly form into a different shape and taking a visual of a western-looking dragon. We can see the long wings being shaped, except this one is made out of vines with an assortment of flowers throughout its entirety. As he looks towards his Eidolon, he picks a small little grape, chews on it for her. He jumps on the Eidolon's back and flies down towards the gate, crashing into the main entrance, creating a hole for Serenity to move in. We go back to Jasper. You're locked out of Warfare and Perception. Just for a little bit of reference, you're kind of in the courtyard at this point. We have a distraction. Shu is able to kind of pinpoint where they seem to be starting to mobilize. But there are also three buildings here. One is very obviously a keep. And two others are probably closer to what you are personally looking for, which is kind of a place to keep prisoners. Because the keep at this point doesn't seem to be finished quite yet, so it wouldn't be a great place to secure people well. There's also an assortment of different tents that have been set out. There's a little bit of storage area for lumber or crates filled with who knows what. There's a couple of bonfires and cooking stations that are set up. What would you like to do? We see the camera pan into the courtyard as the various combatants uh, are running around taking their orders. And we see one that looks like a lieutenant kind of overseeing. And uh, he's uh, in like the, a doorway. And he's kind of like inside the room looking out. And there's just a moment there where Jasper is to the left of the door. A pistol held in his hand pointed at approximately where he thinks the guy's head would be if he walks out. Hearing him turn around and walk deeper in Yasper's going to try to sneak in and get everybody in the room through stealth not in a, the larger room you were talking about but one of the smaller ones we're going to try to uh, stealth in 
<laughs> Net three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Is this where we I'm, use Hellion? I'm gonna save Hellion's thing. I'm gonna also attempt to be a hero. Oh my god, it's a net four. It begins. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think? You think I can burn Hellions? Well, would Hellion be using to help you improve this role? <laughs> Some um, padded shoes? Like... <laughs> <laughs> crafter. <laughs> I don't know, it's like she like throws something past the guard's head as I'm like stumbling through. Uh, yes, our wonderful inventor who knows how to eh, throw beer bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's got like a little clockwork cricket that she can like fling in. The bet the better narrative here is that you fall. Yeah. But she catches you with like a, a net or something, so you're falling <laughs> silent. Little a little like pillow appears right under you or, or something. <laughs> I look back in the last six sections, she six seconds, she's crafted a catapult that like throws pillows. <laughs> How do you have time to do this? Um so what do I do? Do I do I roll again? You roll again, yeah. Oh my god, please give me this. Okay, okay. That's a 16 total. Okay, 16 is success. We have burn Helly injury roll. Uh, so you stealth in, what do you see? It looks like this is like a, kind of a room, entrance room, but there's stairs leading down along with a couple, maybe like an offshoot hallway. And Jasper's thinking that if if they're anywhere, they're down. That's just okay. how these things work. You keep prisoners in the dark. Well, Bilge, you're locked out of stealth and athletics. I would believe that they would keep certain countermeasures in place for events such as this. And Bilge is going to use his expertise and knowledge in this matter, find a security device, and disable it so they, they can, we, the party, can proceed further without uh, setting off any sub-alarms okay. or drawing any additional attention to ourselves. Sounds good. What is this? Thievery? Yes. It's probably a series of trip wires or something to that effect. Bill just going to find and remove with a 26. As a critical success, unfortunately, it doesn't get you anything here, but in Ooh. theory... Critical success would uh, negate a failure. Oh, that's awesome. But since we don't have any failures at this current moment, it doesn't give you a benefit. What do you, what do you, what do you disable? Mm, I think they would have maybe some sort of noise alarm attached to a trip wire or a, uh, an automatic door lock. Even if we were to trip the wire, things would go into lockdown. Bilge disables this so we can also retreat if need be, but advance without being hindered. We are at five successes. You guys are expending resources, so but you guys have no failures yet, so that, that's a plus. Shoot, you're locked out of thievery and perception. As we're moving down the stairs, we see the shadow of a guard sitting in the next room, and we hear him talking to himself, kind of humming a song. Shu's going to try to throw their voice down to the other end of the hall and act like they're another guard who needs help. I'm trying to do a deception check here. Okay. Just give me one second on that. Ooh, okay. Uh-oh. 
I rolled well, but I <laughs> I don't know. Well, if we play the meta game, we're we're hoping you made a sixteen. I got above that, but when Chris says, "Hold on a moment, let me look up something or whatever," I'm like, "Uh oh." Well, he's got to invent the stat. No, <laughs> I, I I was wondering if that was a feat because that's like throwing your voice sounds like it could have been a feat. Oh yeah, actually, I don't know if it is. I don't have that feat. If that if yeah. that's the case, maybe the spell. Plus two to DC. Um, ghost sounds. Ghost sounds does do that. Um, but it's uh, incomprehensible gibberish. So it is a Strix feat. You've learned how to throw your voice through the wind, striking others at your location. You can cast Ventriloquism as a primal spell once per day. Uh, here's what I'll say. I'm going to raise the DC. To, so hopefully, hopefully you got there. I rolled really high. I rolled a 16. My deception is a plus six. So that's a 22. You got it. Nice. Let's go. She will mimic the voice of one of the guards that they heard in the tavern as they yell out, Help! Help! Over here! I, I know they're over here! At the other end of the hall. Back in the courtyard, a person leaves the keep holding a large greatsword and wearing this full plate armor, this knoll only has one eye. As he runs out, his charismatic persona begins to give instructions left and right and left and right. Some of them directing towards the hostages, some of them going towards the gate, but he is a man who leads from the front, and he takes a sprint heading towards Captain Serenity. As he does so, he takes a step and begins to jump as he begins to grow to a large size and he begins to rage as he enters his giant stature rowan looks towards this man running whispers to shen hey he was in the keep what we're looking for must be in the keep shen nods as shen rowan and the other two begin to head towards the keep itself serenity seems prepared for this man walking forward as she goes into a draconic frenzy, leading with a bite and two claw attacks towards this giant man. But this giant man seems to be able to withstand the blows and takes this large sword and brings it down right on the neck, creating a clean blow. Cyan, at this point, still on the ship, looks to have to head down the more traditional way, taking a ladder down, but arrives at the gates right at this moment. And Cyan raises their right hand, as this bluish light reaches out, casting a heal spell towards Captain Serenity. Jasper, you hear a lot of movements coming from, from above you. You probably hear the sounds of pretty intense combat of a large knoll and a dragon crashing around a little bit. I imagine Serenity screamed a little bit when she was hit. But you are locked out of deception and stealth. What would you like to do? So as the infiltration team is moving slightly underground now, like they look up and they see like the dust is falling from the ceiling and they know that whatever's happening outside, it, it's it. It's the main event, which makes it all the more problematic as they're kind of looking around the corner. There's a guard not leaving his post, but they're not totally involved with the job as they're slavering over a turkey leg and drinking from a stein. And the, the, the little table is just right there on the corner. So, like, Gasper takes a, a quick little peek 
sees that this large knoll is about, oh, about yay high, about yay weight, and pulls something out of his medicine bag and starts measuring off some sleepy time. We're going to attempt a <laughs> medicine check to see if I can get the dosage right and drop it in his drink. Go for it. Nat 20, 27. Nice. Uh, that, that will do it. This will get you to six, seven successes. Tell me what happens. You made it a little too strong, Brad. <laughs> Even better. So as he's like, you know, slavering over the turkey leg, he asks for just like, puts like a little hand around the corner and drops some powder in the drink, thinks about it, and just drops the rest in. And, <laughs> and after a minute, oh, no. we start to hear like, <laughs> and looks around the corner. The guy's on the ground foaming at the mouth. Uh, and Jasper thinks like, well, that was a, a waste. I could have cut that in half. Daggummit. <laughs> I generally, when you critically exceed, it does exactly as intended. It doesn't kill them. But, you know, we'll go for it. It, it, it makes Hayden and Jake happy, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's what matters. Good job, Jasper. No, I didn't mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to. Bilge, you're on the last success here, so... Uh, your narrative should lead to potentially finding these these hostages, or unless you horribly fail, unless you horribly fail, you are locked out of medicine and thievery. All right, this way, this way, around the next bend. Bilge is sensing direction for the final few turns that's going to lead us to the prisoners. Natural twenty. Nice. I raised the DC because I thought it was a little boring. So <laughs> that's you got, that's it, got, it, got it anyway. Well, you gotta save for just... combat, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you had a round where you failed and had to use resources. I don't. I think this is this is fair. What skill did you use? Survival. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think back that far. Bilge leading the way finds a door, and as you bust through the door, we find ourselves in this large room. To the right, you see a handful of people. They are manacled up from both from the feet and the arms, but their chains are locked to the ground. To your left, you see several places where full of torture devices, and one woman is currently being hung by the ceiling by her wrists with her feet barely touching the floor. You recognize this woman as the serving girl from the end that you met yesterday. What would you like to do? seeing this person being hung from the the ceiling kind of rush to the left and expect the inspect the ropes or uh chains that are holding them up and try to get them down yeah this is you know this is either a very physical thing so you can use athletics or thievery thievery it actually no we're just gonna break them (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna punch the thing 27 it's not a critical success, unfortunately, but it's it's less about physically breaking the chains at first. It's more about pushing enough strength and weight to cause the spike that's currently attached to the ceiling down onto the ground. Now, it's a metal spike in wood. It's not actually that hard with when you have two body weights pulled against it. So you're able to do that, and you're able to smash the metal clamp. So she's still... She still has the metal things within on her wrist, but the chains are broken apart so she can move freely with her arms. However, she collapses pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what I thought. She will pick her up, kind of carry her uh, fireman style. Okay. And look back to the others. 
asking, so what do we do at this point? There's a lot of them. Are we for sure that is the case? We do what we came here to do. Free as many as possible. Bring her with us. We'll we'll keep exploring a bit, see if there's any more. Uh, but th- this girl seems to be of particular importance to these people, and I do not know why. That must be an objective we succeed at. Agreed. We do have to get the others out first. Jasper kind of like checks on her, though, like kind of like, like checks her eyes. Like, is she able to talk? While you're doing that, Shu's going to hand her over to you and go start unlocking the rest of the people with the thieves tools. As you look at her, Jasper, she is breathing. She seems to be conscious, but she's not. She's a little delirious. She seems like maybe she has been drugged. You can see a very poor bandage job has been done to some of her wounds. And she has been, uh, she has this weird healing cream that's been applied to the places where she has been struck. But she's probably in a lot of pain and she's probably on something, some sort of like sleepy pain reliever type. And like Gasper kind of like checks that cream and like, like sniffs his fingers like, and he kind of chuckles because it's a null medicine that's familiar to him. She's uh she's not in great shape, but I think she'll be all right till we can get her back to the ship. Good. As you guys begin to clear out the hostages here, you quickly take a look around, realizing that, that at the very least in this building, this is all you can find. You head back out into the courtyard when you realize that right outside the door, there are a group of four people slowly approaching with weapons drawn. We will fade to black here. Kindred Journey Skyfire is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Kindred Journey Skyfire is copyrighted by Skullstone Entertainment, LLC, 2024. We're going to wait for the sirens to pass. And then the police arrive. Reinforcements. Woo, woo, that's the sound of the police. Woo, woo, that's the sound of the beast. <laughs>